Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. All right, so I want to take some time to continue diving into hope. So today we're going to look at hope as an anchor. And to set the stage for this, I want to remind you, um, the first scripture we see as hope as an anchor is in Hebrews 6. Um, It's actually verse 19 that talks about it, but we're going to read a little bit before then. And before I read the scripture to you, I want to remind you that the Hebrews book was written um, to Jews, basically. Um, The people that were going to be reading it needed to be reminded of the God of the Old Testament, so who God was before and who he had been to them, so that they could continue moving forward with him. So it gave them assurance, um, and it helped bring back the stories that they had heard Um, and the things they have been taught from a young age to bring that correlation between who Jesus is in that moment. And so when we read through Hebrews um, and the examples that are brought out, it helps us um, to see that these are actually um, Jewish people they're speaking to specifically to try to pull them back um, into a knowledge and an understanding of um, how the Old Testament, um, the law, the prophets, relate to um, Jesus in his physical form um, being here and that he is the long-awaited Messiah. So um, in Hebrews, what we see here that we're about to read through is we're going back to the story of Abraham. And I'm going to read through this in Hebrews, and then we're going to visit some of the things that Abraham walked through and really dive into what it looks like as hope as an anchor. So we have Hebrews 6. We're going to start off and it says, So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promises. His purpose was unchangeable, so God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into our heart, run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. So looking at that scripture, we started in verse 15 and went through verse 20. We see that the first thing that they do is the author points to Abraham, and it says, So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. So if we were to go back into Abraham's life, we see Abraham actually has to hope 
and put his hope and faith in what God was saying from the very beginning, it almost seems, before his name even changed. There were so many moments that he had to take the time to go back and put hope um, in what God was saying. And out of that hope, faith was birthed, it was activated for him to walk into. Um, and so the writer of this is wanting us to think about all that Abraham has walked through in life, and that sparks hope in our own heart um, to continue to move forward into what he's saying here. And so when we read through the story of Abraham, we see that God called him out of Ur of the Chaldees, so out of his homeland, and tells him, hey, go, and I'm going to show you a new land to possess and be a part of. Well, he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was doing. But he was anchored in hope of who God is. And out of that hope, a faith was produced to follow what he said. And so Abraham went forth. He went into new land and was able to attain that part of God's promise of leading him out of his homeland. Well, as he's on the journey, the Lord um, tells Abraham that he's going to make him a great nation, that he's going to bless him that his name is going to be great, that he'll have all these offspring, that he's going to bless those who bless him, curse those who curse him, that people of earth will be blessed through him. That's a pretty big promise in Genesis 12 that is given to Abraham, um, that the nations of earth will be blessed by you. Well, clearly Abraham knew that like he couldn't go to every nation of the earth. Um, and so what would this look like? Abraham, hearing these things from God, he had hope in who God is and the person of hope. It anchored his soul. It activated his faith to now believe what God said. Abraham believed God in it. Like I said earlier, he left where he had been before, um, and he trusted in God's promise to make things come about. Well, then we keep going, and in Genesis 13, um, God promises Abraham again. He tells him that he's going to give him um, children, and that um, they're going to be more numerous than the sea or the sands of the seashore, and all of that more than the stars in the sky. You won't be able to count them, that sort of thing. Um, through Genesis thirteen to fifteen, and there is where we're seeing God um, promise him all of those things, and Abraham simply believed. And you know. You can't have faith in something without first having hope and seeing it. And Abraham had to have hope to see what God had promised in his mind's eye that then activated faith to say, I'm going to believe it and I'm going to see it manifest in the natural. I'm going to see it happen. But see, Abraham was in this process and years went by, years of hope and scripture talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when it comes, it's a tree of life. Um, and so you can't tell me his hope at moments wasn't feeling deferred. Um, we see in the story of Abraham that he actually listens to his wife, Sarah, and um, she is encouraging him to take her servant um, as his wife, her maidservant, and have a baby with her because clearly that's how it's going to happen because she didn't have hope anymore in this whole situation happening. And Abraham listens to his wife, and out of that is birthed Ishmael, which was not God's promised seed. That was not what his intention was. Um, and so Abraham, even through all of this, um, 
he stays in a state of hopefulness for what God is saying. And um, when we look at the promises of God that he gave to Abraham over and over, all these different steps of things, we see that God was faithful to fulfill the promise. Now that we get to take a step back and read the whole thing, we see God was extremely faithful in fulfilling that promise that he had given to him. But Abraham had to keep his hope up and anchored in the word of God and what he had said, that promise he had given him was a steadfast anchor for his soul to rest upon. Um, And so Abraham as the story continues, um, he eventually realizes, okay, the Ishmael thing wasn't the right thing and um, is waiting on the promise of God for his wife and him, um, Sarah and him, to have a son. And he gives birth, or not he gives birth, that would be interesting. Um, his wife gives birth to a son and they name him Isaac. Um, Isaac means laughter. Out of that hope, out of the expectancy of what was to come. Um, Isaac was birthed, which brings joy, which brings laughter and excitement um, to what is happening. And Abraham walks through this, and you can just see in the heart of Abraham that joy, that the hope that he had um, had come to pass, that no longer was it just hope, but instead Um, The promise was here in his arms and just imagining holding Isaac for the first time and cuddling him and helping him grow and walk and develop and learn to hear from the Lord and all of those different things. And then the Lord asks him to do something crazy and he asks him to sacrifice Isaac on the altar to give him up. Um, But what Abraham knew in that, that was that God's word was true, that God's promises were sure, and that no matter what, um, God had promised him something, and God was faithful to fulfill it. Um, And so when we read that story, we see that um, the angel appears to Abraham right before um, he is to go and um, drive the knife into Isaac, and he's lifted his arm. He's about to go down with it, and the angel of the Lord stops him and um, says, do not kill your son, and he provides a lamb. Instead, he provides a ram, sorry, in the thicket. Um, Abraham knew God's word was true and that his promises were secure. So in that moment when God had um, asked him to sacrifice his only son as a picture for us, um, a foreshadowing picture of Jesus coming, that God would sacrifice his one, his only son, his promised seed um, to set the world right. Um, We see God stop him and say, hey, don't do it. And in that moment, he promises again about his heirs and that he's going to be multiplied and have um, lots of kids that um, are more numerous than the sands of the seashore and all of those things. So through the life of Abraham, who we know as the father of our faith, we see that God was constantly giving him hope, a picture, a vision of what was to come, um, a hope of something. Abraham would then take that hope and allow the hope 
to activate faith within him to believe for the promises of God and believe what God said was true. And so we see that played out over and over and over again in Abraham's life. So now when we fast forward and we're in Hebrews and we're reading about Abraham, the father of our faith, there's no accident that Abraham, the father of our faith, is connected here with the unshakable anchor of hope. And so with all of that backstory, I want you to just um, listen with me. We're going to go back again, and I want to go to Hebrews 6.13. And I'm just going to point out some key things, and we're going to keep rolling. But thinking through the lens of the Jew who knows all these stories about Abraham, that he hoped against all hope. So when everything seemed bleak, when his wife was barren, when it looked like there was no hope of the promise of God coming to pass, he believed in hope. He believed in God, the God of hope, the person that speaks hope. And in that place of hope, he was able to receive the promise. And they're talking about now this anchor. And so I want to continue on Hebrews 6, 13. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. That is powerful. God himself says, there's nothing greater that I can promise by besides myself. And I am making this oath to you. That means no matter what, it is going to come to pass. You can take it to the bank. 100% it is happening. Um, there's no checkouts, take backs. It's all in. He's all in. So he said, have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son and multiply you without measure. So here you see his promise. So the Hebrew writer is reminding the Jewish people, here's the promise that was given to Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to multiply you. Um, And we're going to continue on in verse 15. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Well, strange, we're talking about hope here, and now we're saying that he waited patiently in faith. Well, as we talked about before, when we looked at hope as a spiritual gift, hope and faith work hand in hand. So that hope, what he had seen from the words of God being spoken to him, it activated hope within him. Now he's believing in hope, For what God has promised and hope created an environment for him to patiently wait in faith. So now we're seeing he's waiting in faith and succeeded. So in that faith and waiting, being hopeful in it, he succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves for the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promise. That's like what we just talked about, that God swore by himself the greatest thing. This is for sure going to come true. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise. Verse 18, so it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. So we're running to the heart of God. We're hiding ourselves in his faithfulness, just as Abraham did, that he stayed close to the heart of God, hoping in the promise that God had given him, hiding himself in faith of what God had said to be true. Um, We are hiding ourselves in his faithfulness. This, in that place, and hiding ourselves in his faithfulness, is where we find his strength and comfort 
for He empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. So hiding ourselves in God's faithfulness gives us strength, it gives us comfort, and it empowers us. So to be empowered means I now have the power to go do something, the power to do something I couldn't previously do. So He empowers us to seize what's already been established, so something that we already have access to, which is an unshakable hope. So when I hide myself in the faithfulness of God, I now have the strength and the comfort to grab hold of this unshakable hope. To have an unshakable hope in a world that's shaken is a sign to the unbeliever of a good, good God. So now we're like at verse 19. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. So this was the Passion Translation that I'm reading out of, just in case you were curious. Um, I just love how they describe some of these pieces in this translation. Um, so we have cert- this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor. You know, I was a third grade teacher um, previously, and one of the things that we talk a lot about in third grade is um, metaphors, similes, those sort of things. So comparing two things with the word like as, which is a simile. So here we see a simile is being used. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor. So when I'm comparing it, I'm not saying hope is necessarily an anchor. Like if I see an anchor, that's the same as hope. No, I'm saying that an anchor acts like hope does in our lives. And so hope like an anchor, an anchor that's unbreakable. So this is even an anchor that is just decent. It is like the best anchor you can possibly find. It's an unbreakable anchor that holds our souls. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotion to God himself. So our anchor is fastened, it's unbreakable, and it's held firm to God himself. And so when we think of that, our hope is based on certainty. It is certain. It's based on the certainty of who God is, of who his son was, that he came and he came to rescue us, to send us, um, and to bring us into true relationship with him, that he came to rescue us, that whoever believes on him will have eternal life, that we have access to salvation. Our hope is steadfast. Our hope is secure, and it's secure through the certainty of who Jesus is, of the person of hope, which is Jesus, that he sent, that God sent his only son on our behalf, so that we could anchor our hope to him that in any situation, we can still have hope. So our hope is firm. It's secure. Our anchor reaches not just down um, and hopefully hit something strong in the bottom of a sea that will maybe keep our boat from rocking too far. No, our anchor is in, It's. it says that it's um, at the mercy seat. Let me go back to that real fast. Oh, I just love that. It just gets me excited. I hope it gets you excited. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And so when you think of um, the Old Testament and we're thinking of 
the um, temple and the different rooms and the different elements. Well, when Jesus came, it said he tore the curtain that was separating us from the Holy of Holies, that place where the presence of God dwelled. Now the presence of God is anchored. It's secured within my heart as I um, accept him into my life. And he becomes this unbreakable anchor holding my soul to himself, holding my mind, my will, and my emotions fastened to him that no matter what happens in life, that I can be secure in who God is and what he says to be true above all else. Um, and that is, man, it's so good. So it says we have this hope. What hope is that talking about? The hope of the certainty of the promises of God. He promises that we will receive our inheritance through him, our inheritance of salvation, our inheritance um, of walking in wholeness in life. And we are secured because of his blood that he shed. So our hope um, is secured in Jesus, and it's an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. This isn't just an idea of something firm and secure. It's actually a promise. It is set. We are anchored to it. Um, and being anchored to the Lord, being anchored in that produces peace in our lives. So that hope helps us um, to believe what God says. We're seeing a picture of it. We see it. And in the place of hope, it creates an environment where faith can thrive and faith can grow. But when we are hopeful the anchor of hope, which is found in relationship with Jesus and our eternity being secured with him, and that we are made right with God, then now that keeps us and helps us anchor ourselves to peace. So when we think of Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When we trust in God, when we trust in him, we put our hope in him. What we find is we are now peaceful in the midst of storms. So when I was thinking about all these things with the anchor um, of hope, I was thinking of when Jesus was physically on the earth and he was walking with his disciples and he's sleeping in the boat as the storm is raging and the boat's being tossed to and fro. There was an anchor in the heart of God, in the heart of Jesus that knew what was to come. He had hope um, for the world being set right by him. He had hope and assurance and trust in the promise of God and what he said to be true. And that trust produced a peace. And when the disciples awakened him and said, like, do something about this, and he spoke to the storm and peace was there, that peace was able to be distributed out of a heart that trusted, that hoped in, that knew with a full assurance who God is and who he was in him. You know, we know that Jesus was fully man and fully God. He was both. Jesus was fully man, fully God. And so he knew who his God was. He knew who his father was and that this storm was nothing because his anchor wasn't there. Well, now when we look at the anchor of hope, we actually get to see that we get to anchor ourselves to what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus came and he lived his life, a perfect, beautiful life for us, and he died on the cross for us, and he rose again on the third day for us, what that did was set all the wrongs in the world right in that moment. 
we experienced salvation that we can now step into. So we have the free choice now to experience the salvation that was already provided for us. And when we anchor our hope to the hope that's found in Jesus and the hope of what He already did, not only is it hope for this life, but the life to come. So our hope now is that we're being saved or walking in salvation, but the Word also promises that all injustices will be made just and right, that all wrongs will be corrected, that we will, that um, heaven and earth will be made new. Well, that started in the process of um, Jesus being raised from the dead and us receiving salvation, but we won't see the full fruition of that until He comes again. And so in that process, we get to anchor our hope in who Jesus is now, but we also get to see what He's doing in the process of bringing salvation to the world until the final day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord and He sets all things right in salvation to all um, humanity in the sense of the world being made right and justice is made right and all of those things. And so each of us have that choice. But once we make that choice to make Jesus Lord of our lives, we are on a sure foundation. We have a sure anchor for our soul that's firm and secure. And I like to look at the soul there because our soul is where our mind, our will, and our emotions are. And if I have an anchor for my soul, an anchor for my emotions, especially as females that tend to be very emotional, I can be secure no matter what I see around me. So when everything around me seems to be falling apart, I can be secure and firm and anchored to hope that's found in Jesus and what he already provided for me, what I know he's going to provide for me. Um, It activates peace within me to release to people. And now I get to see God move in ways that he longs to in each of our hearts and lives because I'm anchored to the hope that's found only in relationship with Him, only in being firm in who He is above all else. So um, if we look at Galatians 3, um, verses 6, and continuing on, it talks about that even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So Abraham, who's the father of our faith, who hoped, believing in hope, like against all hope, believed in hope, um, he believed in God. So here we see that correlation again. He's believing in God. He's believing in hope, and hope is a person of God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Our hope is secure in Jesus, and it's anchored to the foundation of what he's already done for us. And in that place of hope, it grows and develops. Um, in verse 29, we see, And if we be in Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So those promises that we see God promise to Abraham, that his seed will be blessed, that they'll be more numerous than the sands of the seashore, all the blessing that we see God promise to Abraham, he says we're heirs according to that promise. That helps even bring that hope into our hearts of what God already did, that we are in Christ, so now we're anchored in hope to what He's already finished for us. And now I get to be an heir to all of these amazing blessings and promises that God has 
um, that he promised to Abraham and to his seed. It's no longer just something for the Jew, but now me as a Greek, a Gentile, (laughs) um, we can inherit those promises that God has for us, that he has so much more in store, and it's an anchor for us. Um, Let's look at Romans 5, 1 to 2. Still um, talking about hope in this, we say, Therefore, being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hope is something we can rejoice in. Hope is something that um, displays for those around us the beauty of relationship with God, like I've said before. This unshakable hope that we have is not based on something fickle and something that's constantly changing in a world that is constantly changing and developing and growing and all of these different things. Our hope is set on the perfect person of Jesus and the sacrifice that he did. And now that hope is firm and secure. And when I walk in that hope, my emotions can align themselves to peace because I know the peace that's found in the um, in the in relationship with God. Sorry, you keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. So when I trust in God, I'm able to stay in that place of peace. And when I'm anchored to Him and to His Word and to what He's already done, that I'm in right standing with Him. That nothing can separate me from His love that no matter what, I'm secure with Him and He has a heart that's firmly for me and not against me, then now this produces a peace in my life that I can operate in. Um, I had a close um, relative recently that um, we've been just chatting about different things, and um, she was sharing with me how um, since we began to chat more about stuff and having more conversations, how a whole new world is opened up to her that all of a sudden she's thankful for different things that she never even thought she could be thankful for. And um, she's seeing life in a new way. And, you know, that is a beautiful thing that happens when we come in contact with people of hope that are firm in um, the foundation of hope that if we're struggling in our emotions, um, That can be tossed to and fro sometimes, it feels like. If we're feeling like we're struggling in it, we just need to remind ourselves of the anchor of hope that we have in Jesus and allow Him to expand in our hearts and show us true hope for the situations and circumstances we're in, that we can be hopeful for what He's doing and thankful for the seasons we're in and the moments that we're having. Um, And so I love that He talks about this hope is an anchor for our soul. It's firm and it's secure. So an anchor, when it goes down into the water, is created to land on some sort of rock, a bedrock, that sort of thing, to really make it stable so that any type of storm and stuff doesn't just make the boat fly off and go wherever it wants to and be tossed to and fro, but it'll stay secure. So it's like that's that foundation that it needs. And so for hope to be described as an anchor here, Hope is very important um, to our lives as we walk with God and to what He has for us. And so I want to encourage you um, to look at the sacrifice that God 
made for you on the cross. Look at the sacrifice that he made where he set the world right and where he tore through that veil and said, I'm bringing you in to the most intimate place possible, that I want the most intimate relationship with you possible. And that is a hope for your soul. That's a hope for your mind to be made right and whole, for your will to be in alignment with my word and for your emotions. You know, I believe that God wants to expand our mind, our will, and our emotions to see like he sees. And that is activated through hope. Hope is seeing through your mind's eyes those desires, those visions, those sort of things that are deep in your heart. Hope actually helps to activate some of those things and bring a picture um, to them that now faith can take part in. And so I believe that God wants to encourage you today as you're listening to this um, that His relationship with Him, your relationship with Him has made you secure and has made um, you firm in your safety and acknowledgement of His goodness. And so as you walk with him every day. He wants to spark hope again for the dreams that he has placed in your heart. There are some that are listening that you have dreams in your heart that have felt like when Abraham, um, when they talk about that um, he had to hope against all hope, he believed in hope. You're in that kind of crossroad place where you say, I feel like I've been so hopeful for this and it still hasn't happened. My hope has become almost deferred and I need a fresh word from God because God's word, God brings hope. God is hope. He stirs hope in our hearts. I need a word from him, from his word that sparks hope in me anew that says what he says is true. His promises will not fail. And I want to encourage you today that this is the word that you need. This is the word of hope that you've been reaching out for, that the God of hope says, daughter, I haven't forgotten about you. I have not forgotten the promise I made to you. Don't neglect the process. Don't um, try to create an Ishmael because you'll only end up having to go back to the starting point, but wait patiently and hopefully in me and watch as I bring about the promise. And you can be anchored and secure in the fact that my promises are sure and that hoping in me is the safest place to be and putting your hope in the foundation of what I've already provided on the cross um, is secure and it's safe. And so I want to encourage you today um, that hope is truly an anchor and we want to anchor our hope into who God is and what he's done for us and the beauty of that. And when we know whose we are, that helps us to know who we are, and that changes everything. Um, My son knows he is mommy's. He is a Ferguson, and that changes things. He doesn't follow a stranger's voice. He doesn't get hopeful, um, or he doesn't get distracted by other things, but he's focused on um, the hopefulness that's found in relationship with me and the beauty of that. And so God wants to bring us into a place of being secure and firm in what he has for us. And um, that looks like hope as an anchor. Um, And so I hope this is encouraging to you. 
I look forward um, to sharing a little bit more about hope in our next um, session together. But I want to just send you out with a quick prayer and um, allow the God of hope to spark a new hope in your heart and help you to see um, how beautiful it is to be anchored to Him in hope. So Father, I thank you for each of these beautiful ladies that are listening. I thank you, Father, that they hear your voice above all else and that you are truly a God of hope. And we can anchor our hope to you and your promises and know that we are safe and we are secure. In your name, Father, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 